Welcome to Alabama AgCast, a weekly conversation about news and issues affecting Alabama farmers and forest landowners. Alabama AgCast is produced by the Alabama Farmers Federation. Hello and welcome to this week's Alabama AgCast. I'm your host, Mike Moody. In this episode of the AgCast, our own Russ Durant, Director of State Legislative Programs, and Preston Roberts, Director of Ag Legislation, have a conversation with the new Alabama Speaker of the House, Nathaniel Ledbetter. Speaker, thank you for being with us. Absolutely, it's good to be here. Yes, sir. So I know we've had kind of an exciting last 12 months or so. We wrapped up the legislative session at the end of the spring rolled into kind of our primary elections in May. You had to get through a primary election as well, like many others, but then started the campaign for for Speaker of the House, uh, which is uh, obviously the highest seat there in the House. So I had an opportunity to come visit with you in Rainsville, and it's something that we all enjoy doing is getting out to visit with each of the folks up there in their districts. And coming off Highway 35, leaving Sand Mountain, I saw really, from a Farmers Federation perspective, one of the neatest uh, campaign signs, if you will, that I have ever seen. So tell our, our folks a little bit about the campaign sign and maybe how that came to be. Yeah, it's pretty neat. I mean, uh, the guy that owns a farm there, they farm some 3,000 acres and uh, have a diverse row crop. And so he and I went to school together and uh, they've been in the farming business all his life. He told me, you know, he started out very young farming with his family. And so when I he found out I had the pony, he called me and said, hey, he said, would you be interested in putting a sign on the grain bin? And I thought, well, that's a pretty neat concept. And uh, so we went over there and did a few commercials and did some things with the family. And uh, so he said, I want, a, I want a big sign. So we ordered a sign that goes on a billboard and put wow. it on the grain bin. I think it probably uh, attracted more attention than anything else we've done. And I've actually got a picture of it in my office at home. I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's pretty neat. So, but it, uh, pre- we certainly appreciate them doing that and appreciate their support. And as you know, DeKalb County is uh, one of the largest agricultural counties in the state. You know, we, I think, in the past have been number one in poultry and I think in cattle too. So it really drives our economy. So for them to be willing to do that, it's pretty humbling and certainly appreciate uh, the friendship and them doing it for us. Well, that uh, probably gives our members a little bit of idea if they have a way to help out a, a, a candidate in their area and they got a grain bin, that'd be a good way to help out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm afraid now everybody's going to want to rent <laughs> his, though. So, uh, yeah, so, but yeah, we a appreciate it. extra that. income. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, obviously, you've spent a lot of the last 12 months traveling. I know it uh, It takes a lot of time and and, and and time away from your family. I know one thing that our folks really always enjoy about when we bring folks in is learning more about Nathaniel Ledbetter, the man. So if you would, share a little bit about, about your family and maybe about your background as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, we grew up in a rural setting. Uh, you know, I live uh, within a couple of miles where I was raised, you know, so it's uh, we've been really blessed. Uh, the good Lord has kind of shined a light on us and we're appreciative and, and thankful of it every day and and we got a great family my wife of course has traveled a lot of roads with me and we got two adult sons and four grandkids and they all live right there within the area so we we get to spoil them all the time grew up there went to high school there got out of high school and then went to work for the electric co-op went to a four-year apprentice program become a journeyman lineman and went into field engineering and then from there on to uh key accounts management, which I had the privilege of working with our largest customers. So it's been good. It was a good life for me. And, and certainly my kids now, both of them are in education and my wife was in education. We owned a couple of small newspapers and have sold those since. But uh, 
you know, we, uh, we feel really blessed to be able to work for the people of Alabama. One thing you were sharing with me a few months ago at the FFA uh, State Convention is that you had a business at one time that made the banners or the little pennants for FFA. We did. You know, it's kind of interesting because we we've always uh, been, you know, we've always done things on the side of our job, either piddle with some land or, or did other businesses. And we did. We owned a company at one time that started producing all the banners. Of course, we, we were really excited. A friend of mine owned the company, and we were really excited about that because, you know, we, we knew we could sell them all over the state and to different states that owned them. And the only thing we didn't know, we found out all of them had to be hand-cut. <laughs> wow. Because there wasn't a machine that, that graduated the size. So uh, that was something that after we had the contract, we found that out. But my friend, uh, actually, I sold my part to him. He's actually still doing them. So pretty neat. That is neat. How about that? So uh, education is obviously something that's pretty important to us. I know you've had a hand in that. Last year during the legislative session, we worked on different things uh, related to FFA and 4-H. And, you know, now kind of moving head, ahead to this next quadrennium in the 2023 session, we're hearing the governor talk a lot about education. We're hearing the lieutenant governor talk a lot about education. And we've heard you talk a lot about education. What do you think during this session or over the next quadrennium under your leadership you'd like to say would be your legacy on education and what are we going to see moving forward? Well, I think one of the things we've got to do, we've got to put education in the forefront. You know, we've been blessed over the last few years in Alabama. Our economy is growing at a pace I've never seen. You know, we're number two in producing automobiles. We're number one in commercial airlines and in the top five in shipbuilding. And who would have thought it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Alabama's growing at a tremendous pace, but we're still lacking in education. You know, we put a Committee together last year with the Senate and the House. I chaired, uh, co-chaired with uh, Martin Majority Leader Schofield, and we brought out five or six bills, and I think it really made a difference. You know, we did the Literacy Act. We're seeing improvement in that. The Numeracy Act, I think, is going to change the way things are going on. I think our our thing is to continue to focus on education. School school choice is one of those things that's been talked a lot about, and I think there's some areas that it would work in. There's areas that it wouldn't work in. I mean, there's some areas that doesn't have a choice. So in those areas, I think we've got to fix it within the walls. And I think we've got plans to do that. I think there's got to be accountability and, and leadership, be it from the superintendent's office or from the from the principal's office. And uh, I feel good that we can do it. I mean, we and we worked on the issue of mental health. Alabama was kind of behind everybody else. And, and over the past few years, we've really emphasized mental health. And I think we're now leading the charge instead of following. And we did it by, by working together. And I think we can do the same thing with education. Well, good. We appreciate all the hard work you've put forth on it so far, all the hard work from other members. And certainly going back to kind of the campaign trail over the last year, we've heard a lot of other members talk about education being a priority to help their districts and help the state of Alabama move forward. Well, it's, it's, it's important that we continue to work on that. And I think with the uh, you know, the new members coming in, they've got a learning curve. You know, that's one thing I've talked to the pro team about. You know, the House has got almost as many new members, and he has total members. I mean, the Senate's got 35 members. we got 31 new members on both sides of the aisle. So, uh, you know, there not only have we got to improve education, but there's got to be an education process inside our own body. Let's take a break from this conversation and talk to one of our good friends down at Alabama Ag Credit. Ben Elliott, how are you doing today? Doing great, Mike. How about you? Great. Well, tell us about Alabama Ag Credit. Well, Mike, Alabama Ag Credit, as most people know, has been around for over 100 years and always been committed to agriculture. So 
we hope everybody that's out there that, that needs a place in the country always looks to us for those needs. All of our farmers, whether it be row crop, cattle, or equipment, we'd love to help out with everything. And, and also reminding everybody about what makes us unique as a cooperative that we do give back to our borrowers in the form of a patronage. And that's just money going back to our borrowers, the help in their operations. And that historically has been up to 1% which just lowers that cost of doing of of borrowing that money and also shows Alabama Ag Credit's commitment to agriculture by by making it easier to afford land and be a part of that community. Well, that sounds like a noble cause. Uh, if if people are interested in this, how can they find out more? They can definitely call the office at 334-270-8686 or visit our website alabamaagcredit.com to find an office near them. Looking at this start of the new quadrennium, which is going to be March 7th, um, another issue outside of education is this second round of American Rescue Plan Act money. Um, last year, y'all approved spending for the first round, which was around a billion dollars. Second round, going to be a billion dollars. A lot of talk about special session. Um, can you tell us kind of what to expect as it relates to that second round of American Rescue Plan? Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of what we did in the first round. I mean, if you look at the numbers, you know, our water and sewer is something that we need to continue to work on. One thing that Governor Ivey uh, talked to us about was investing in the state, and I think we did that the first time. Broadband for rural Alabama is a big issue, uh, and we'll certainly look at that again. We need to make the hospitals and nursing homes whole. That was really, really hit hard by by the pandemic. So I think some of those things that we've seen last time, we'll see them again. And uh, you know, it takes a when you look at a state our size with over five million people, uh, and some of the rural areas have been kind of neglected to some extent, extent because of lack of population. So I think today in our world, broadband is just as important as electricity was in the 40s. So we've got to continue to expand that, and they've done a really good job, and uh, hopefully we can continue to do that. Well, good. So you mentioned a minute ago talking about some of those new members, and we are talking about ARPA, and we're talking about education. I guess we have roughly about 31 new members coming into the House of Representatives. So dealing with ARPA and dealing with education, I mean, as Speaker, how do you kind of see 31 new members, 31 new personalities, 31 new folks that were out on a campaign trail talking about, you know, what it would be like to be an elected elected official. Mm-hmm. How do you see that playing out during your term? You know, really, I try to look back on how it was when I come in as a freshman. And I think the more knowledge we can give them, the better off they're going to be. Uh, actually, we've got a mock session this week, uh, Friday. We'll have all the freshmen come in. We'll do it just like it's a regular session day. We're going to put bills on the floor, give them an opportunity to to talk back and forth and negotiate the bills and look at the process, how, it, how it's working. And then we'll have everybody there from the rules chair to both uh, the education chair and the budget chairs uh, will be there and have a chance to look at some supplementals. And then we're going to put a couple more bills on the floor uh, for them to work. I mean, I think it's important they learn the process. Our ETF chairman has already sat down and went through how it works and how that they get the money in to provide the money for education. Our general fund. Chairman's going to do the same thing. 
So I think my goal is to try to educate them as much as possible before we start. And as you were talking about, we're getting close. I mean, we're not yeah. but 25, 26 days away. So we got to continue to do that. And I've talked to Director Poole about having the finance department come over and look at all the numbers and how they work. I think that's important. You know, we're in a good situation financially because we've been conservative with our budgeting. <laughs> you know, the money that we've got from the federal government also helped with that. You know, the ARPA funds, is, as you alluded to earlier, has increased the number of dollars we've got in from for our budget. So I think we got to look at that going away, and inflation's going to hit us, and we got to be conservative going forward. It's a lot to consider. I think it's pretty neat, though, that y'all are doing that mock session. I've thought a few times sitting in the gallery that, man, I think I could get down in the well and do that. But I imagine it's a lot different feeling when you're actually in there having to defend a bill. Yeah. Well, it is. I mean, you know, and the thing about it is that you got to remember none of these men and women's done it. Mm-hmm. You know, they've never had the opportunity to do that. But they're going to Friday. And, you know, we're probably going to, instead of having 10 minutes for each speaker, we'll narrow that focus down so we can get more people at the microphone. So I'm kind of excited to see how that goes and uh, have worked with the majority leader to get it all set up and we're ready to go. Now, will they get to pick the bill that they get to defend or the issue that they get to defend or is that given to them? No. So what we'll do is that uh, we've talked with the chief staff this afternoon. We're sending out bills to them that will be coming up that day on the floor. There'll be one supplemental and then there'll be a couple other bills that will be addressed. So they'll get those bills, and it's going to be just like a session. If they want to talk, they got to match your button. And, and, I, and, of course, I think it helps me, too, you know, because sure. I hadn't been behind the speaker's uh, uh, podium much. So, I mean, that helps me as well. So we'll bring them in, and, and we'll go through it. I mean, it's going to look just like a regular day. We're going to do the prayer and the pledge, and uh, just like we would do on a regular session day. Sure. Well, Mr. Speaker, we appreciate you coming in. You know, we do this to try to keep our members who are out there on the farm, in the tractor, abreast of what's going on here in Montgomery, so they don't have to come down there here themselves. Is there anything that you would share with them as far as, hey, how, how do they get engaged and make an impact in, in the legislature in Montgomery? Well, I think they do it through your organization. I mean, you do, you do a great job. You guys work really hard to do a good job, and, and you give us good information. That's what we're looking for is the facts of the matter. And y'all are always good to do that. And I think we continue to support our farmers. I mean, they're the one that feeds their families. So we certainly want to continue to do things positive for the farms across the state of Alabama. And as long as I'm speaker, we're going to continue to do that. Well, thank you. And now, your weekly AgCast wrap-up. In the wrap-up today, mark your calendars for two regional precision agriculture workshops sponsored by Alabama Cooperative Extension System. As farmers prepare for the upcoming growing seasons, the dawning of a new year is a reminder of the new things to come. Alabama Extension is planning two precision ag workshops in February. These workshops are designed to provide support to farmers as they implement precision agriculture technologies to strengthen pre-planning, in-season, and harvest management strategies. The first will be held February 8th at Athens State University in Athens, and the second will be held February 28th at Eastgate Park in Dothan. Each workshop is free and lunch is included, but registration is required. Continuing education credits will also be available for attendees. Check the show notes for a link to register. Alabama AgCast is sponsored by our friends at Alabama AgCredit. Give them a call for all your farm and land financing needs. 
For more information about today's conversation, check out the show notes or visit alphafarmers.org slash agcast. Be sure to follow Alabama Farmers Federation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next week for another timely conversation from Alabama AgCast.